Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke has been working with Peyton Manning this offseason. We invest a little bit into the details surrounding the meeting of the minds between Drew and Peyton. Plus, George Stoya of the Gazette joins to talk about the Broncos defensive backroom, the wide receiver depth, and much more from OTAs this week as he's been able to attend the start of Broncos OTAs at the team facility. On today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos. Happy Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Lockdown Broncos is your daily Denver Broncos podcast here in the Lockdown NFL Network, your team team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst and Director of Video Content at Pro Football Network and also Broncos Analyst here at the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the show at Lockdown Broncos. You can like us on Facebook if you are on that platform as well and make sure that you follow or subscribe on your favorite audio podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and the Odyssey app. Not to mention, if you're watching this right now on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, turn notifications on, like, and comment for the algorithm for daily exclusive Denver Broncos video content and coverage here on the YouTube platform. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, happy Friday. Hope you're doing well all across Broncos country. We're going to go through some Broncos news and notes to start off today's episode of the show. Before we get into our interview with George Stoya of the Gazette, really appreciate George, too, taking time out of his schedule. I really appreciate his work over there at the Denver Gazette, the Colorado Springs Gazette. He puts a lot of great work into his coverage of the Denver Broncos. He came out of the Broncos beat last year, midway through the season, and he's one of my favorite Broncos beat writers that is out there. So George Stoya graces us with his presence here today. But let's get into some Broncos news and notes to start things off here. Obviously, the uh, talking point right now on Broncos Twitter, on social media, is Drew Locke, Ryan O'Halloran of the Denver Post, put out a great story in an interview that he had with Peyton Manning regarding the meeting of the minds between Peyton and Drew this offseason. Peyton Manning had that football itch. He's like, yeah, I really need to scratch it. So he called up Drew Locke and said, hey, why don't you come over? Let's watch film. So Drew Locke and Peyton Manning, who have been working together already at different capacities, obviously due to COVID and everything along those lines, they're exchanging mentorship. They got together for an extensive film session at Peyton Manning's house. Apparently he has a really nice studio setup, probably better than mine, which, you know, I'm a little jealous there, but I do have the touchscreen uh, pen when we do our film reviews. But they met and they had two sessions where it took about nine to 10 hours and they went through some of Peyton Manning's old film, maybe some stances, maybe some technique discussion was had, not to mention they went through Drew Locke's tape. So Peyton Manning asked Drew Locke a lot of questions as, you know, what was your coaching point? What were you looking at here? Uh, why did you look to this direction versus looking at this direction? Why did you target this guy? I mean, the questions that Peyton asked are, are absolutely uh, PhD level probably for Drew Locke in terms of what he asked him. And and maybe we'll see Drew Locke transition. Now, there's a lot of talk. Oh, he only spent nine hours with Peyton Manning. Look, Peyton Manning willing to spend his time, valuable time, might I add at that, being able to mentor and provide some kind of coaching and tutelage to a quarterback, any quarterback. It didn't matter if it's Drew Locke. It could have been Teddy Bridgewater. It could have been my uh, nephew and Pop Warner. That is meaningful time there. Now, is nine to 10 hours, are we going to say, is it going to come in and, and change Drew Locke's trajectory or his career? Is he going to become the next Peyton Manning? There is absolutely no guarantees. It's very unlikely that even happens. However, 
you there is something you can take out of that nine to ten hours of work. If you've ever played the sport of football, if you've ever coached it, you understand how valuable film is. But when you're getting co- coached and taught up by Peyton Manning, who obviously coached a lot of coaches throughout his career in the National Football League, it's it means something, and, and you're going to take away something from that. So whether that's just a process th- uh, thing that you're going to work on, tools, Peyton can give Drew those things. He can give them maybe routines like, hey, this is what I did. This was my daily routine. This is what I needed. This is how I prepare week in and week out for the grind of the NFL for my opponents. Here's what I did. Drew can take some of those processes, add it to his regimen already, and maybe even some physical mechanical standpoints based on what Peyton Manning has taught. He can work on that. And and there's a lot of feedback that goes into that. But, you know, for Drew, it's going to be the decision-making factor for him. But obviously, you know, there's people knocking the fact that Drew Locke even attended and, and was working with Peyton Manning. There is no guarantee as to what's going to happen. But look, if, if Drew plays better, if he can take the step that the organization hopes that he can, I think Broncos fans are going to be happy because at the end of the day, Broncos fans want better quarterback play, and rightfully so. Broncos fans deserve that. Can Drew Locke do that? We have to wait and see, folks. So that's all I'm going to spend on the subject matter there. I did want to touch on another personal note in terms of what the Broncos are doing in the front office, really making some changes. Uh, but the Broncos, they promoted Ray Jackson to vice president of player development. What is player development, might you ask? Well, I think it's one of the most important critical jobs in the National Football League that nobody tends to talk about. It's one of those under-the-radar positions. But getting a little bit of an insight into Ray Jackson, more so than I ever have by watching the Behind the Broncos documentary on YouTube, which the latest episode, Inside the Draft Room, was complete fire. It was great to be able to see that talk, that terminology, how they viewed Patrick Sertan, how they viewed Javante Williams, Quinn Miners. Go to the Broncos YouTube page to check that out. But for Ray Jackson, as somebody who's in charge of player development, he is responsible for helping implement the rookie transition program, right? For any kind of rookie that's coming to the National Football League, he's going to be one of the first points of contact for these players in terms of showing them how do you manage life as a professional athlete? How do you balance everything? There's a lot of training and educational programs and initiatives that the vice president of player development will encompass for players. This isn't just for rookies. These are for players that are on the roster. They need something, or if they want to accomplish some kind of goal, whether it be education, whether it be business or entrepreneurship, Ray Jackson is a very monumental part of that for the Broncos. And he's been in the NFL for decades, but now for the Broncos, he's entering, I believe it's his sixth year. He's, he was with the team in 2015 when they won the Super Bowl. He's been part of some winning franchises but he's been with the Broncos at this point. Multiple players, after the move was announced on social media, various Broncos players, they came out in their vocal support for Ray Jackson because behind the scenes, when you need something, when you need some kind of education on something, or you need to understand that there's going to be people in your life, the moment you get drafted or the moment you get paid a big-time contract, Ray Jackson is going to be the person that gives you advice on how to deal with the people that are going to call you up and say, hey, remember that time I did this for you? Remember this one time I helped you out with this? I'm your uncle that you've never met. These are the things that happen every single day to NFL players. And it's also about sustainability, teaching athletes how to manage their money. Ray Jackson provides them and connects them with the necessary resources to have a sustainable year during their football career and post football. And not to mention, he's a very intricate part of the scouting process as well, because when you need to get to know players, Ray Jackson is the guy who knows how to do all that. So the Broncos, they promoted him to vice president of player development, a tremendous role and very excited to see what this means, because obviously to players like Deontay Spencer, Justin Simmons, Chris Harris, Jr., former Denver Bronco, Von Miller, these guys have been so outspoken about Ray Jackson's impact on them coming into the National Football League and keeping them there as well. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into our conversation with George Stoya, 
of the Gazette. Before we do that, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show, but I also have to show you this, this T-shirt right here. Now, there's a lot of Broncos fans that have been asking me, where can I get this shirt? And it means don't be a filthy casual. It's a little bit of an inside joke that we've had here. Mario Vitanzi came up with it, but it just goes to show that if you really love football, you're really passionate about it. Don't be a half-in fan. Don't be a filthy casual. Be a full-on football fan, as you all know. So you can get that shirt. The link is in the description down below on the YouTube channel. Be sure to check that out. There is 21 days left until the order closes. So if you want to get your hands on it, it's super comfortable. I love it. The fabric is great. Michael Ojemudi has got one. Justin Simmons has one. Shelby Harris has one. And uh, you might see some in some press conferences towards the end of the season or during the season for the Broncos this upcoming year. So make sure you get your Don't Be a Filthy Casual t-shirts in the description below. But Broncos Country, our sponsor of today's episode of the show is our good friends over there, betonline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action with baseball season in full swing. NHL playoffs, NBA playoffs ongoing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Very fortunate right now to be joined by George Stoya of the Gazette. And I tell you what, I, I mentioned a little bit early on in the show, I'm a big fan of George's work. He just recently put out an amazing story on Kelly Klein, her background, where he got, where she got her edge from, from her father. A, a lot of tremendous insights. So check out George's work. But George, uh, you know, thank you so much. I know you've been on the Broncos beat now for just about half a year, if I'm not mistaken. You came in in the middle of last season, or was it 2019, late 2019, where you started to come on? Yeah, it was, uh, I think it was like six months ago. So it was like, Ooh. I think the first game I covered was when they were on the road against the Falcons. So I, I, I'm pretty new to this, uh, <laughs> but it's, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Well, what a, what a game too, because it was just, it was wild up until the end. I mean, the Broncos, they trailed, you know, pretty much by a big margin and then they started to creep their way back in. We started to see this trend of, are the Broncos comfortable playing 20 points down at this point and then coming back? But obviously, uh, you know, we really appreciate your work on the beat and what you do. And there's, there's a lot of exciting stuff and, you know, uh, a lot of times we're going to get together in the offseason and when I'm in Denver. Uh, I wanted to ask you because OTAs began this week at the UCL Training Center and you tend to see the narratives on Twitter. You see people overreact to a lot of little things, especially with, you know, in 707, which quarterback has more arm velocity, which quarterback makes the most throws. Vic Fangio said it this week. There's really not going to be anything in the in this portion of the offseason that's going to separate one quarterback from the other. But uh, what was it just for you to be able to see players back in the field? What were some of your key observations that you saw? Well, I, I think you have to start. I mean, everybody wants to start at quarterback, uh, but I, I started at, at attendance. When you look at what the NFLPA has been going through, um, you know, the players talking about how they, you know, didn't want to go. And then you have Juwan James situation to Sean Hamilton, um, where, you know, those guys are getting injured away from the facility. I was interested to see how many of these guys are going to show up. Uh, and I think it was 82 or something around there. And only really two guys uh, you know, were there that, that weren't injured uh, because obviously like Bradley Chubb, Duke Dawson, those guys um, are injured. So they, you know, you didn't expect them to probably show up, but um, you know, Kyle Fuller uh, was one of them and, and I'm blanking on the other one that didn't Melvin show up. Gordon, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, you look at that and then I, you know, getting to talk to Justin Simmons yesterday 
was, I, I think, important because obviously him being an, an NFLPA player rep for the Broncos uh, and him explaining the decision to show up uh, was, I think, super interesting and maybe the most interesting thing so far. Because, again, I know everybody wants to talk about quarterback, but there's only so much you can take away um, yes. from watching, you know, 30 minutes of seven on seven where they're just throwing underneath routes. And it's like, OK, like, you know, we're not going to know who's going to win the quarterback battle on day one of OTAs. But Justin, you know, explaining yesterday, hey. You know, the reason we didn't show up for phase one and phase two or some guys didn't show up is like we like to do some of our work on our own, but we feel like phase three is important because we want to get back to winning. And I think that that was really important for Justin to come out and say is like, listen, we know that we haven't been very good the last few years and we want to win. And so that's why we're going to show up. And, and I think you look at some of the players on this roster that, you know, uh, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, Cortland Sutton's going into the last year, last year of his contract. Bradley Chubb has two more years. I know his you know, fifth year was, you know, exercise Von Miller. There's a lot of guys that their jobs are on the line this next season, including the head coach, Vic Fangio. His his job is probably on the line this next season. So I think it was important to see that many guys uh, show up for OTAs. Uh, and then I think you look at there's there's other competitions other than the quarterback competition. I think right tackle is extremely important to watch. You know, is Bobby Massey going to take that, take that spot? Is Calvin Anderson going to be a guy that can step up? Or is it going to be, you know, Cameron Fleming, who's who's obviously played for several different teams and, and is coming in. Uh, and so that's a position I'm looking for. And then I know we're going to get into the the secondary. I mean, it's the deepest it's been in a long time. Uh, and who's going to start there? And and you look at the wide receiver depth, which I know we're also going to get into. I mean, they have so many dudes <laughs> out there. Um, I just think it, it's interesting. Um, of course, the again, quarterback is always going to get the headlines, and it should. Uh, but I think there's so many other things to watch for in these OTAs. Absolutely. You know, and I get bombarded every single day with a lot of questions about quarterback this, quarterback that. The Broncos social media team actually posted a great tweet we were talking about before we went on the show here. Um, it was It's the latest meme that you're seeing around in terms of the golfing world, but it's uh, insert any quarterback name uh, to the Broncos trade talk. I, I love that the social media team having some fun there. But, you know, one of the things, too, about OTAs, you know, and as you mentioned with Justin Simmons, the important part of phase one, you know, that's just working out. That's being at the team facility. It's going through strength and conditioning, but it's not really football and instruction phase two allows for a little bit more of coaches instruction but at a teaching pace phase three opens things up where you can get into more team specific you can work your team defense you can work on your alignment in seven on seven not quite 11 on 11 stuff just yet that's going to come obviously in training camp and mini camp but for the Broncos in the most part guys being able to get in, especially rookies and young players coming in learning the playbook carrying it out in person is so important they didn't get that last year so I'm really looking forward to seeing, George, how maybe some of these second-year players like Jerry Judy, K.J. Hamler, and you know the guys that are going to be second-year players this year, how they carry over actually being able to be on the field this offseason in comparison to everything was virtual last year. How do you think that might impact these guys coming into year two? Well, I think it's huge, especially for a guy like Jerry Judy, like you said. I think he would have really benefited last year uh, to having those OTAs and, and being able to get on the field and, and throw with Drew Locke. And that was one of the things that I think Drew mentioned was, uh, you know, they've been doing that already on their own this offseason, which I think is going to be, you know, super beneficial. But I think it's also you look at some of the free agents. I mean, they brought in some some big time free agents uh, to come in and, and probably start from day one. And, you know, those are the guys that I think that you need to really watch mesh. I mean, I know Kyle Fuller wasn't there and I'm excited to see what he can bring because I think he's one of the more, you know, better corners in the league. But Ronald Darby's out there, uh, you know, trying to mesh with Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, uh, Bryce Callahan. I mean, then you look at the rookies and pass Sertan back there, um, you know, and then, of course, like I said, the, the offensive line, uh, that offensive line really needs to mesh. And I think that was part of the problem with that offense last year was 
they never really knew who was going to play right tackle every single week. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be extremely important uh, competition th- this offseason. But I-, I think you're right. A lot of those second year players didn't really get to experience this this camp situation. And so it's kind of like they're they're rookies again for a couple weeks. Right. And I think that's super important for them to get that chemistry. And And I think it also is important that they have a lot of the coaching staff returning. I mean, I know Drew's talked about that a lot is having the same offensive coordinator for a second year in a row. I don't think it, that just applies to Drew. I think that applies for just about everybody on the offensive yeah. um, unit. So I, I think that that's going to be huge for, for that side of the ball. And Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get to the second half of our conversation with George Stoy. A lot of phenomenal insight, by the way. Can't wait for you guys to hear what he has to say about the Broncos depth at wide receiver. A lot of great insight from George. But before we do that, I have to tell you about the other sponsor of today's episode of the show. It's a good friends over there at Built Bar. And Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar that's out there on the market. I love Built Bar because I take it every single day out of my fridge, out of my freezer. Anytime I'm on the go and I need something quick and I need something that's going to give me a little bit of energy, I take a bite into Built Bar. And the thing I love most about it, it's uh, 100% chocolate. The bars are completely milk chocolate in comparison to other protein bars that say they hate their chocolate. Sometimes biting into those protein bars tastes like cardboard. Built Bar, I get the chocolate taste. It's like a candy bar. And they have nine delicious, amazing flavors like coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, salted caramel, and double chocolate, plus the occasional limited time flavor. So stay tuned over there, BuiltBar.com. And obviously subscribe to their email list to be able to get news and notes on when certain packages, certain promotions go on sale. You're going to love Built Bar. Not only are Built Bars tasty, but they are also healthy for you as well. They contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only 4 grams of sugar. That's a great bargain, folks. And I want you to get your hands on a box of Built Bar today. I promise you, men, your wife will steal your box, and they will eat all of them before you get a chance to. I have to hide mine from my fiance because she likes to eat all of my Built Bars. So get your hands on a box of Built Bar today by going to BuiltBar.com using promo code LOCKED15. And you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your next order. BuiltBar.com. When we were just talking a little bit about the Broncos secondary, you mentioned all the depth there. You know, there's a lot of conversations, a lot of Broncos fans wondering who's going to start. Is Patrick Sertan going to start? I personally believe that he will based on just the the talking background right now. I mean, especially if we saw the behind the Broncos, the way that Ed Donatel talked about him, he said, look, if we need this guy to start day one, he can. I mean, he he's just ahead of the game. And we've heard high praise this week from Justin Simmons about him, from Von Miller. He says that he's the real deal. Uh, just his size is a little different, too. I mean, when you look at his size in comparison to the other Broncos DBs, what is it truly like in comparison uh, for the Broncos rookie? I mean, I'll just tell you, when we went and watched rookie minicamp, the dude stands out. I mean, he is he looks like a playmaker. I mean, if you told me he was playing safety, I would have believed you. Uh, If you told me he's playing receiver out there, I mean, the dude just looks like he can do it all. Uh, And then you hear what, you know, Fangio and like you said, Simmons and Miller and and, and those guys, I I know they're they're teammates, but I mean, for them to say some of the things that they've said about him in only a couple days of of being with him is pretty impressive. Uh, and I agree with you. I think he is going to start. I don't know whose job he's going to take because you look out there and like I said, I think Fuller's great. Uh, Ronald Darby is obviously coming off a great season in Washington. Uh, Bryce Callahan, you know, I think that might be the spot that, that Sertan can maybe overtake. And I know Bryce was really good last year, uh, but obviously has had some injury problems. And so maybe if Bryce can't stay on the field, they put Sertan in there, but he's going to see the field. I mean, that, that's for sure. I mean, the dude, the dude can play. And, and I know some people might've been upset with that pick there at number nine. I know me, me personally, I thought they were going to take Justin Fields and, and kind of thought they should have, but 
I mean, you can't go wrong with, with Pat Sertan. I mean, I, I think the dude's going to end up being a multi-year um, all pro. I mean, I think he's going to be that good. And, and I, that's not to say he will be that good his rookie season, but I think he's going to see the field. I mean, I think the dude uh, can absolutely play. And, and again, he just stands out that, I mean, he, he can run. Um, he's obviously bigger. He's, he's physical. I think he's going to be a good tackler. Um, I know that's one thing that I think he said that he wants to work on, but I think he's going to be pretty physical um, and he can play inside and outside. And when you have a guy like that, uh, he's going to, he's going to find the field, especially in, in a defense like Fangio's. Oh, absolutely. You know, if you're a uh, Vic Fangio, if you're Christian Parker at Donatel, you're just salivating like, Hey, I've got all this depth because last year, I mean, George, you know, this too, from when you came onto the beat, the Broncos secondary depth at corner was so decimated last year. It was really just a revolving door. I mean, the last game of the season, we got to see Parnell Motley, who in my opinion could be a very under the radar, impressive developmental guy that probably won't get much playing time if he is on the roster this upcoming season, but maybe a special teams role. I know that the Broncos have added a lot of value there. I mean, we're going to see probably more cornerbacks this year at training camp than we have in the last, uh, you know, however many handful of right. years. I mean, even back to uh, 20, 2018 when I went, uh, just to be able to see how many guys were there, it was different because there weren't that many. There's maybe like eight or nine. This time you have a bunch of guys, but out of all those additions, you mentioned Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, I mean, Bryce Callahan. I think having Patrick Sertan and his ability to be able to play anywhere, it also lessens maybe the load that the Broncos may require of Bryce Callahan so he can stay healthy. But then there's another guy on the list. He's a second-year cornerback, and that's Michael Ojemudia. Kind of seems like the odd man out when we talk about everybody else. But in my opinion, with Kareem Jackson back on a one-year deal, I mean, do you feel like he could potentially make the transition this year where he learns a little bit of that safety role and maybe takes over for Kareem next season? Yeah, I mean, I I haven't thought about that, but I I think that's that's a position that he could play. I mean, the other one that I I keep thinking about that was playing really well last year before he got injured was Isang Bassi. I mean, undrafted out of Wake Forest. I mean, he was playing some great football last year before he uh, ended up tearing up his knee. And so and it's good. He's been out there at practice and, and I don't think he's full go yet. Uh, but it's good to see him recover pretty quickly. And, and I'm interested to see what happens with him. Like you said, Michael, uh, you know, he was playing pretty good football for a rookie third round guy last year, um, you know, having to, to be basically thrown into the fire last season. Yeah. And, and you look at both those two guys and even Parnell Motley, like you mentioned, I mean, he came in, I think he started the last game of the season. I mean, after like only one week of practice, I mean, yeah. you look at those, some of those guys and it's like, man, where do they fit in? Uh, but, but you have to remember that, you know, Kareem Jackson is what, 30 something years old. Um, you know, he's been relatively healthy the last few years, but you never know at that age that maybe they take him out some and, and rotate some other guys in there. And, and I think that's why they went after two two safeties in the draft is you look at Caden Stearns and Jamar Johnson. I think, you know, one of those two guys is going to end up starting for this team eventually. Um, and then you look at Callahan's injuries. Um, you know, Fuller's had some injuries in the past. Ronald Darby, I think, is coming off his first season ever in the NFL, you know, playing yeah. all 16 games. Um, so I, I think it's it's a really good problem to have, right? Like you look back last season and they're having to play Duke Dawson, um, you know, and some other guys that, you know, just had not seen the field a whole lot. Uh, and now you have so much depth there. I mean, even you'd feel comfortable starting Isang Bassey, uh, oh, yeah. and he's probably like the eighth guy on the list, right? I mean, <laughs> it, that's what's crazy is is they've they've completely turned that that secondary room upside down. And, and, you know, they have a new coach coming in, Christian Parker, who I got, you know, some time to visit with and wrote about him a little while ago. And he's a young guy. I think he's only 29, 30 years old. Um, and, and, and it's really knowledgeable. And I think that's really going to help that secondary unit too. And, and uh, it just, it's just going to be interesting. Again, that's just one of those positions that you look at 
the deep, I mean, it's so depth. I mean, it's so, so deep. I mean, I, I think it might be one of the deepest rooms now on the team, which is crazy to think because last year is probably uh, the least depth. Yeah, and George Payton's done a really good job going out there making what was perceived as a weakness into a strength, and you can never have enough guys, and I think that that's really a value. And not to mention, too, I mean, I think we're going to see the Broncos in a variety of different looks in dime and nickel this upcoming season, probably a majority than base. You know, we saw them in base, but last year they were a majority nickel because they were forced to based on the teams they were playing. But really intricate to be able to see how Patrick Sertan might be able to help the Broncos deal with guys like Travis Kelsey or even Darren Waller and, and the other tight ends that they're going to face this upcoming season, not to mention the sizable wideouts like you know Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I'm looking forward to that. But switching gears now to the offensive side of the ball, kind of a similar line in terms of skill players. You're going to see the most players at this position as well, wide receiver. The Broncos wide receiver depth is, is very interesting. You know They have several undrafted rookie free agent players. Warren Jackson is obviously one to keep an eye on due to his size. Might be a tight end convert potentially, but looking at Cortland Sutton coming back, we heard from him yesterday in terms of his journey back from ACL. Really like his mindset on leadership and just where he's at. Jerry Judy entering year two. Tim Patrick, one of the most underrated guys, in my opinion, in the National Football League. Doesn't get enough recognition, but his production level is all the way up here. He's back. K.J. Hamler, if he can stay healthy, has the potential to be an explosive playmaker. And then you have Tyree Cleveland, who is just really a surprise. And Broncos fans actually voted in yesterday's episode, Lockdown Broncos. They believe he's going to be the biggest surprise contributor for the team in 2021. He's more likely going to take over what Deshaun uh, Hamilton's role was last year for the team. What are your thoughts on this Broncos wide receiver depth right now? Coach Azani, he's got all these guys to work with, and, and he's got to have probably one of the best jobs in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy to think, too, how young they are at the position. I mean, they're they're really deep there. But, I mean, Cortland Sutton's in, entering his fourth year in the NFL, and he's like the most veteran wide receiver on the team. And it's like it, that's insane to think about. Uh, the potential there, especially long term, if they, if they keep Sutton around, which I I'm going to guess they are. Um, I know he's entering, I think, the last year of his contract, but I, I I would expect they they sign him to an extension. But I I think that when I look at this group, what I want to see is I want to see what KJ Hamler can do because I think that we only got a little bit of a glimpse last year of him. And I think you look at the rest of the wide receivers, you know what you I think you know what you're going to get from Cortland Sutton. Obviously you want to see how he, he bounces back from the injury, but it sounds like he's doing all the right things in rehab. Uh, and, and I mean, yesterday he sounded pretty confident that he's going to be, you know, his prior self going into the next season. I think Jerry Judy obviously had some drops last season that everybody wants to point out. But I, but again, we saw the flashes. We know how special he can be and he might be one of the best route runners in the league. And he's, you know, only going into his second year. Uh, Tim Patrick, I think you know what you're going to get from him at this point. Like you said, extremely underrated. I don't think he had a drop last season, mm -hmm. according to Pro Football Focus, which is just ridiculous. But I circle KJ Hamler as a guy that we saw a little bit last year. I know he was injured uh, and, and didn't get to play as much as he'd hoped. But I think you look at that Panthers game, I think it was uh, that he caught a couple touchdown passes and that he can become this, this you know, deep threat uh, burner type guy. I'm really interested to see how he bounces back after his rookie season uh, and what he can bring to the table, because I think he can, he can be that guy that takes this offense to the next level. And I think you're, you're also right. Tyree Cleveland obviously came in and played quite, quite a bit actually last season and, and had a couple uh, catches, but um, you know, I'm really interested in KJ Hamler. And then you look at the rookie Seth Williams, you know, and I wrote a story about him and, and, you know, he's had a load of potential since high school. I mean, this this is a dude that's been a freak athlete um, and you look at his production at Auburn and it dipped last season. But I think some of that, you know, I, 
I don't want to point fingers at Bo Nix at Auburn, but uh, their <laughs> passing game wasn't spectacular uh, the last couple seasons, and he still was able to put up some big numbers there for them, and he's just a freak of an athlete. And I think he's a guy that can come in and maybe not play a ton at the beginning, but is a guy that uh, you know can come in and make this roster and, and, and can contribute in some way. But again, it's like that secondary. It's like I'm talking about Seth Williams. He might be the sixth guy on the list and he's a he's a pretty good football player i mean you you're talking about kj hamler and you know he's a guy that would typically start for a team and he's probably fourth on the on the depth chart um and and so again you look at it when you have a quarterback situation like the broncos have right now which is um you know having two guys that are probably very average right now in their careers you've got to surround them with great playmakers and so far the broncos have been able to do that especially looking at that wide receiving uh unit yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. And I agree with KJ Hamler. I mean, just from an, playing DB in my career, I always hated going against the really fast guys because if I'm off in my alignment or if I react one a half second too too late, they're gone. You know, right. all KJ Hamler needs, he just needs maybe two degrees of separation, and it's over. I mean, we saw that in the Carolina game, as you mentioned, just his release. That cornerback had no idea when I mean, he was chasing him, falling down at, at that point in time. So KJ is gonna be a fun guy to watch. But Broncos country, George Stoy is is definitely a name. And somebody who is fun to watch in terms of his content and his coverage of the Denver Broncos. Obviously for the Colorado Springs Gazette, the Denver Gazette, he does a lot of amazing work there. And we're going to have him back on the show in the future. George is one of the good guys up and coming in the Denver media. And if you're a Broncos fan, you need to make him a must-follow. Obviously on Twitter, at George Stoy. George, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, my man, to jump on here, Lockdown Broncos. I know Broncos fans appreciate it, and I appreciate it as well. Yeah, no problem, Cody. I'm a a big fan of the pod. So anytime you want me to come on and and ramble and have bad takes, just let me know. (laughs) You've always got an open invitation, my man. You always do.